Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it Yeah, welcome. Welcome once again to Log Talk Radio and The Catch, where we love to invite guests and talk about all sorts of things about being a Christian in the world. And uh, today, uh, we have a very unusual guest. And uh, we're going to call him right now and see if we can get him, if we can make this work. Hey, hello, John. Yes. (laughs) This time it works. Oh, my. You are there. Yeah. Well, you know, usually I call from uh, the computer. Now, that didn't work. So I'm calling you from my phone, my last-ditch effort, and I think we got something going now. So well, apparently the fifth fifth time is a charm. It, it, you know the system called me five different times. Uh, this being the last. Oh, okay. And, uh, at least, at I least was we've connected. I was wondering yeah. whether those were going through because on my end I couldn't hear a thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, John, we're both of the wrong generation where technology is concerned. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, Oh, if if boy. you're like me, I need I need my son at hand to uh, help me do these sort of things. Right, right. Yes, yeah. for sure. Well, um, just for everybody's information, Brad, um, we need to let them know a little about you, and I'll let them right. know a little about how I know you, and then then okay. if you could just kind of give a little context to your to what you do in life and your business and that kind of stuff. But uh, right. we know each other. We know each other from uh, growing up in the Pasadena area and going to Lake Avenue Congregational Church. And especially in, uh, now I'm not sure how, wh- whether you were, when you started going there uh, as a, I, I went there my whole childhood. So, uh, Maybe we knew each other then. I don't remember, but uh, especially when we got into high school, that's when you actually start remembering people. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, we've been able to uh, connect up a few times since. We were in a very special group, weren't we, Brad? I mean, uh, I don't know many church youth groups that have reunions. Uh, but we do, and uh, yeah. we've had not every year, but a whole number of years, because there were about probably 40 or 50 of us um, that got really close uh, during our high school years, and 
maybe even in some ways, I know it was true for me, closer to that youth group than I was probably to my friends at school. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, that also kind of has to do a little bit with cre- Christianity in those days. We had parents, I did, who tried to keep me away from non-Christians. That was We weren't supposed to be around them. They were a bad influence. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. I don't, know how I don't know how they're ever supposed to find out about the Lord, but, you know... <laughs> Oh dear, but uh, we got real close. We've had reunions a couple times, and uh, um, uh, the reason for this phone call, I'll let our listeners know, is that uh, when we were in high school, one of our uh, youth directors was just uh, a very special person. His name was Dick Anderson, and uh, his wife was Dottie, and Dick and Dottie were just uh, uh, amazing, amazing, loving people. And uh, uh, we never we never forgot them. And, of course, in your high school days, their influence, uh, is, I, can, I know I can say, has definitely marked my life. And... Uh, made some important uh changes for me and uh, uh so i uh we'll talk about that a little more down the line but just we just heard that our good friend dick went to be with the lord yesterday um i i thought gosh it would be great to have brad on and just talk a little bit about uh the influence of dick and and Dottie. you actually there, you have to include Dottie in pretty much everything because they, they truly are uh, one. And uh, uh, and and just talk about what we remember about that, and mainly to underline what I want to do is try and underline how how influential, especially when we're younger, uh, one person's a life can be available life someone who's available to you and uh and uh, mainly so that we now we're on the other end of this uh this <laughs> arrangement uh we can think about how we might be able to step into somebody's life so that's what we're here for that's what we want to pursue uh, Brad, tell us a little bit about uh, you, what's happened to you since uh, Pasadena days, and and, uh, and what are you doing right now? Yeah, okay, and, and, and we'll cycle back and talk a little bit about Dick afterwards, I, I assume. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, and it, it, it really was, as, as John says, an exceptional uh, high school group. Uh, my memory is we had 150 or 200 kids in the high school department at Lake okay, Avenue. Uh, and so I went to PHS, and you know it, it wasn't it wasn't hard to confine myself to uh, other uh, Lake Avenue kids because they were all over the place. So um, you know that you know that was a real foundation in my life. But after high school, in fact, it was in my senior year of high school. Um, you know, I had the, the pleasure of meeting my father. Um, you know, a little background, my parents had divorced when I was about three. 
you know, my mother and I, you know, moved out to California, and uh, my mother, you know, started her life. And about when I was six and a half or seven, uh, she married a, a Pasadena-based uh, doctor, Dr. Carver. So, you know, we moved to Pasadena and were, you know, united with his, the two of his youngest, the two youngest of four children. And so that was the family I grew up with thereafter. But in my senior year of high school, uh, my father, having returned from his exploits in Cuba and wherever, had, had come back to California and I met him, which was um, of fundamental importance to me in my knowing who I was and, or learning who I was. Uh, but it caused incredible uh, tension within the family because it was, uh, you know, this was almost a, an act of, uh, of insurrection or insubordination to, you know, to uh, mm. uh, have anything to do with, you know, with the man who'd, who'd left her. Uh, uh, and so my college, my college years were pretty tempestuous as I felt you know, pulled in one direction and another. It was like having two sets of parents uh, pulling in opposite wow. directions, uh, my father and stepmother being, you know, uh, you know, active uh, uh, Episcopalians, you know, but nothing like as fundamental in their faith as as my mother and stepfather. Um, but so, as, you know, partly as a consequence of that tension, I ended up going to five different colleges in four years, bouncing back from one coast to the other, you know, still trying to find myself. Um, mm. You know, long and short. You know, by the time I graduated, the last two years I spent at Colby College up in Maine, my father and stepmother having moved to New York. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and, and those were, were good years, but they were entirely secular, totally secular setting, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been at a couple of Christian colleges along the way. But, uh, uh, and then after that, was accepted at Harvard Business School. Uh, so I went straight down to, to Boston and had two years there, uh, then spent 13 years in corporate banking, uh, working with banks in, in, in well, Citibank in New York that sent me to San Francisco for two years, L.A. for two years, and then returned to New York. Uh, you know, long, about that point in time, I, I met my now wife, Lisa. Uh, we got married, and I took a job in uh, Philadelphia for two years. That bank... Uh, sent me over to London, um, and uh, you know, for about three and a half years. At which time, when they said it was time to come back to Philadelphia, I felt, you know, I was too committed at church principally uh, to just pack up and leave. I was the senior uh, church warden of an Anglican church right in the in the middle of of London. I knew the vicar was about to resign, and I would be key to the selection of, you know, the the, the new vicar. Um, and it wasn't a position I had sought. It wasn't something I was, you know, you know, striving after. It just, you know, I, I sort of figured, well, the Lord put me in this place for his purposes. Uh, and that being the case, I didn't feel I could just pull up stakes and leave um, for just for something as, as trite as a job. Uh, so we stayed. And uh, uh, that meant I entered a more entrepreneurial phase of life because I still needed to pay the rent. So. I started uh, my own firm in corporate finance and investor relations, and long and short, that morphed into uh, co-launching the first uh, European-based but U.S.-focused uh, venture capital fund of funds, which is, you know, what I've uh, pursued wow. you know, pretty much since then. Um, yeah. The the other other aspect of my life is uh, 
uh, that job, among other things, uh, you know, when, when my wife, 12 years into our two-year assignment in London, you know, was, was just woefully homesick and said, just get me back to America anywhere other than New York City. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I did, you know, decided to geographically rejoin my partner who had followed his wife to Bartlesville, Oklahoma. So after 12 years, you know, living in Belgravia and, and Chelsea in, in central London, you know, we packed up and moved to Bartlesville, Oklahoma, just to give our son a taste of what, you know, true, you know, down-home America was all about. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that uh, um, you know, that, that was a, a great move. It was, you know, sort of traumatic, I think, more so for our son than we realized, because he didn't know what it was to be an American. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and uh, what was it, probably 10 years after life in, in uh in Bartlesville, I decided, you know, it was time to come home to California. Uh, we moved into a love, you know, nice little retirement home my grandparents had built in 1960 uh, in Dana Point, and that's where we spent the next 18 years of our life, uh, where John and I were able to, to reconnect. And uh, and then two years ago, our son announced he was moving to Florida, and he's an only son, and my wife's family were all right here in, in Florida, so we. Um, you know, you know, I got out ahead of the parade and said, "Let's move to Florida," and you know, much to my my wife's um, pleasure and and that of her family. So I'm now Fort Lauderdale based. Ah, um, wow. Yeah. So sorry, it's, it's fantastic. Taking, taking I, so long. It, it it's here, there, and everywhere. But well, I know, and and I have to tell you, Brad, I, I'm really glad we did that because uh, I didn't know all those pieces of your story. So uh, that's uh, yeah, that's that that's quite a quite a history there. So it, it, just that's, to bring it around, oh, let me ask, answer one one more thing is that along the way uh, we were pleased to meet. He, he and his wife were uh, members of our adult Sunday school class in in Tulsa. A young man from Southeast Asia, uh, who when he went back to to uh, having finished his Master of Divinity. When he returned to Southeast Asia, he asked if if we would sort of uh, set up a, the U.S. 501c3, uh, help coordinate you know the, the fundraising side of his operation. Uh, and he went in, in the first summer he went back. He was hoping to plant two ch- churches. He planted three. Uh, fast forward 25 years, and we now have over 35,000 churches in uh, Southeast Asia. Um, and about uh, forty-five or fifty thousand home groups. So it's just wow. it's it's sort of the tiger wow. by the tail. I, you know, I just sat back in amazement in you know watching what the Lord has done there. Um, uh-huh. But uh, that has become a, a major focus for our family. Our son has even lived there mm-hmm. probably a total of seven or eight years and been involved in the in the ministry as well. So it, it's wow. been a life of combining both commerce on the one hand, you know, to, to pay mm-hmm. the rent and, and, uh, and ministry on the other in terms of uh, training up pastors and encouraging those who are on the front line. Wow. Fantastic. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about Dick Anderson. And um, uh, maybe, maybe you can remember uh, – a story or or just a, a general impression of mm-hmm. 
of what you, what you might have received from being under his uh, his ministry, his leadership. Well, John, as as you recall, we we always had an Easter trip, uh, you know, in in the springtime. Yep. Uh, you know, and I remember the one when we went up to uh, Salt Lake City. And of course, you know, oh, yeah. at the front of the, the bus as we as we traveled along would be Dick, uh, you know, giving us background on Mormonism and you know the differences in their beliefs versus ours. Uh, and you know that was repeated. There was another uh, you know trip down into Mexico where where we sort of helped build a, a room on the on the church or the parsonage. I forget. Uh, but you know it, you know both of them sort of took us out of our comfort zones. But the one. Right. As the one constant, if you will, was Dick. You know, he was just—he was a rock. He was—he was solid. You know, he had sort of a calm uh, nature about him. Uh, he was mm-hmm. very clear. Um, you know, I—I I, uh, as I think back on Dick, I—I—I I, uh, I can't think of anybody who was more immersed in Scripture. Um, you know, there, there were there were times when when chatting with him when all of a sudden some of what he was saying sounded familiar. And I realized, you know, he was just talking. He wasn't saying thus saith the Lord and he wasn't saying the reference, but scripture was so deep in his soul. It was, it was scripture. He was talking. It just, you know, in, in a way that was directly relevant to the, to the situation. Um, yeah. It was just remarkable. I, 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 you know, to this day, I've never known anyone who was just so deeply immersed in scripture. Mm-hmm. And um, what would you say? What about what about him, though? Uh, would you say stood out the most for you? I, I think he he had an honest concern for each one of us. I think uh, you know you and any 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 number of, of our other friends from high school days would probably attest to the same thing that he made you feel like. You know, you were the you know the most important thing in the room. Right? Certainly at that point in time, when he talked to you, he was focused on you. He made you feel important, just just in terms of the um, the way he would relate to you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm sure he had a profound influence on any number of people. And you know, I mean, to this day, I come across people that you know knew Dick even at later stages in their life. You know, and right. go, oh, you you went to Sierra Madre Church, so you must know Dick Anderson. You know, and, and oh yeah. yes, you know, you know, on and on and on. People just can't say enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking uh, similar thoughts about him, and to me, um, I think just his uh, his love and his just genuine love and compassion that mm-hmm. pretty much just flowed out of him uh, to everybody and anybody um, uh, without reservation or without any kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> checks and balances or, or uh, you know, discrimination whatsoever. Um, just uh just his love uh was a yeah was it was a constant and um uh that that provided uh something really huge you know for uh 
for for any one of us because we all you know we all come from dysfunctional families and because uh, there isn't there isn't a perfect family anywhere and uh right so uh, yeah a lot of people thought our family was though <laughs> we were uh, my dad oh, was a choir director Oh, and my mom taught Sunday school for 10th grade girls and, and, uh, you know, she got them as girls and turned them out as women. And, and the, the fishers were the, I often say the fishers were the pillars of the church. And, uh, and that kind of made me feel like little Johnny pillar, you know, and uh (laughs) I had, I had a lot to live up to. And, and I know my parents loved me and, and, uh, my mom especially gave me a, a, a huge gift of of a knowledge of the word that she imparted to me, probably more mm-hmm. than more than anything. And uh, yeah, but but I can't say, you know, that that I, that I was tremendously loved. You know. Uh, I was probably overloved by my mother and underloved by my father. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you've got here, you've got uh, somebody like Dick Anderson who's just, he's, he's, he's out there. He's, he's not connected in any, any way to the family. He, he's, he's an outside person who comes in and, uh, yeah, sure, he's a minister, he's being paid by the church, but he he has no reason uh, to be involved in, in your life mm-hmm. except for the fact that he has a heart f- for you and, and a heart for people. And I, I, really, uh, I really resonate with what you said about how uh, he had a way of making you feel like you were, you were the special one. Um, well, I think you, yeah. I think you nailed it there, John, in terms of of his love, and I think that's the key for why you know you and I and countless mm-hmm. others uh, from fifty mm-hmm. some years ago uh, stayed in touch with Dick. Um, you know, with yeah. with all my meanderings here, there, and everywhere, I you know maybe not every year, but I would I would uh, nevertheless stay in touch with Dick and Dottie because they were just so unique, so special, uh, so reliable. You know, you you knew you could always go to Dick and Dottie, and yeah. uh, you know, and, and and they were just very special. Um, yeah, you know, we had the pleasure of hosting uh, Dick and Dottie and their three boys uh, uh, when Dick took a uh, sabbatical once in the early '80s and came to London. They stayed with us for a week and then went up the road to Oxford yeah. and stayed with my sister and brother-in-law. Uh, so that was special. And then in the late '80s, uh, their their son Brian Anderson was studying at John Stott's Institute and he came and lived with us for six months. So those were some of our, the, the, the significant points of contact that just kept, you know, renewing that relationship right on down uh-huh. into the present. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Brian is down here now. He's in the, uh, isn't he in Mission Viejo? Isn't that where yeah, his Mission is? Hills Church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's and, great. Uh, well, those, yeah. And yeah. and that church is going great guns. And, and uh, um, yeah, Brian is, is somebody I, I I can't go to anywhere near Southern California without having breakfast uh, with Brian down at the brig in Dana Point. That's our, our breakfast <laughs> spot. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, 
it's, uh, you know, the legacy, it really is a legacy that, uh, that lives on. And uh, mm-hmm. who knows whether it was, you know, obviously Dick and Dottie were special, but there was something, perhaps something about our generation and that time. You know, when you think of mm-hmm. you think of what happened to a lot of us uh, after high school, uh, and maybe even further down the line after college, is when you get into. Uh, I graduated from Wheaton in '69, and uh, pretty much was ushered right into the Jesus movement right after that. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't help but think that um, that was a path for a lot of us. You know, and uh, um, God was preparing the way. Mm-hmm. He was preparing uh, for a, a real spiritual revival among our generation. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't don't you think that was? Don't you think that's oh, true? Oh, yeah, very very much so. Uh, I, I think it was a, you know, it was a, a very distinctive high school group and it was a very distinctive church like Avenue back in the, in the mid sixties. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't realize how special that was until later. Uh, just even in terms of its size, it was a pretty, you know, mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of mega churches, but it was about 2000 mm-hmm. or something. So it was, it was a time and place where it's like God was, was smiling. Um, and uh, I, I wish I could say I, I went straight from college into the Jesus movement. And I'm afraid, you know, with all the, turmoil between in effect two sets of parents uh, i i had some some wilderness years but you know, god in his graciousness uh, i i always uh, you know told them lord i i just can't sort this out right now uh you know can, can you know can i get back to you later and oh, you know, boy. years later <laughs> years later i woke up in the middle of the night and uh you know i i'm not saying it was an audible voice but i sure heard it and and all he said was it's later Oh, so he, <laughs> what a story! Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the, the little rest of it was well. Okay, God, if that's if that's you calling, I'm in. I, you know, um, but what are you going to do about my wife who's sleeping next to me who wants nothing to do with the church? Um, mm. You know, because that I, I met her in my wilderness years, and uh, and she mm. was sort of you know you know strongly anti. Uh, church or anything to do with it, having seen some hypocrisy and other issues in her upbringing. Uh, and it wasn't, it was less than two weeks that my sister and brother-in-law were visiting from, from uh, Oxford. Uh, and across the room, I'm talking with David, she's talking with my sister Susie, and I hear her say, I've become a Christian. Mm. <laughs> and you didn't even know it. I didn't know it because she wasn't sure how she could explain it to me. But here I was, you know, just wow. previously, a week or two earlier, saying, well, Lord, uh, you know, uh, yes, if that's you calling, I'm in. But you've got to do something about Lisa because I'm not about to speak to her because I know I'll get my head yeah. handed to me. And, again, uh, just his faithfulness, his grace and his uh, faithfulness is just extraordinary. Wow. wow. What a beautiful story. When, around when was that? That the it's later message came. Uh, that Do you would remember? have been, yeah, that would have been about 1978, 79 maybe. Oh. It was just before yeah. we moved to uh, England in 1980. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah. Well, but so I missed, I missed some of the Jesus people movement because I was, was uh, yeah. out in the desert for a while. Were, yeah, in the de- but even in the desert, were you aware at all of anything kind of going on in terms of spiritual uh, revival among? Uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I was aware of it. Um, you know, I'd certainly been invited to one or two things, but I gently passed off. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I was more into my, you know, button down banker days, uh, you know, as opposed to hippie days. So um, it, it just didn't seem to fit, and I just wasn't quite ready yeah. from a timing standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, boy, what a what a journey. That's so great. Yeah. And I, uh, we're privileged to hear your story. Um, I don't know whether – I imagine there's going to be a memorial service or something like that. Um, I, have you heard anything? Uh, yeah. All I've heard is is there there will be something. It will probably be at Lake Avenue uh, because Sierra Madre mm-hmm. Congregational, where where Dick uh, ministered faithfully for I think about forty two, maybe forty three years, um, wow. uh, is under renovation. So, uh-huh. you know, so that venue would would not work. But I mean, again, talk about faithfulness of of Dick Anderson. Yeah. I, I can't think of any other pastor that once he left Lake Avenue as the youth director. You know, that was his first job as senior pastor, and he just Mm -hmm. stayed there. And I asked him once, Dick, so, you know, why are you still at Sierra Madre? You know, you know the routine. You build up a church, you know, from 100 to 200 and jump to a church of 500. Uh, But he said, because these are are the people that God has given me. And so he just faithfully served that congregation for all those years. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Um, Well, our time is... All right, time is up, but I got one more question. That have you been on the have you been on the other end of this? Have you been a Dick Anderson to anybody along your journey? Uh, you know, yes, yeah, yes. I mean, you know, it. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, one example would be the the, the gentleman that uh, he and his wife went back to, to Asia and have been so successful uh-huh, in uh-huh. church planting. I mean, just sort of, you know, being there for him as a, you know, personally and as a family and, you know, helping out and doing what we can. Um, you know, I mean, you know, another one of my dear friends is Brian Anderson, who, uh, it, you know, I, I don't, right. I, I can't decide if he's a, a younger brother or an older son, you know, but uh <laughs> you know, but but it's sort of like part of the family because uh, of his years. You know, the six months he lived with us in England, and you know how we've stayed in touch. And and there are others where you just, you know, I, I can think of a a, a, a young lad that uh, um, you know we we call our godson. You know, just because that's sort of the the you know the role he plays. But you know, where we've we've helped him get his feet back underneath him uh, himself. He. Uh, uh, you know, had, had uh, you know gotten into drugs and whatever, and now is you know just you know pursuing the Lord and, and on his you know, on his way. I think I think the key is just you know keeping your eyes open and seeing you know who God brings in your path and being willing to to take the time you know, to to hmm. invest in people. Uh, Amen. Well, Brad, I can't thank you enough. And um, oh. and. Uh, I hope we've been able to encourage folks. Uh, I think it's good to remember 
the people on both sides, the people who have encouraged us and um, in in some ways, I believe, actually made made significant changes in my life and and in mm-hmm. your life. But and then also the opportunity to be that, to be actually be that for somebody else. Uh, we still have time for that, and uh, we're we're doing a lot of teaching about that. As a matter of fact, here at the Catch Community, because most of our people are. Or our age, you know, they're 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 boomers to a large extent, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're just uh, really excited about uh, getting them motivated and uh, wake up to really a younger the younger generation, you know, back to millennial ages. Uh, what we what we can leave behind, and uh, that we've got time. We still have time to do this. And, uh, well, and it's an, so, an important work. I think I think the the millennials and and others of that of that era are they they really need you know somebody to put an arm around their shoulder and to be there for yeah. them and answer questions yeah. in, in 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 questions they might not want to you know put to their parents. But uh, yeah. yeah, I I think yeah. it's a great work that that you're doing and and encouraging others to cool. to do is to you know the way we pay back is by you know sort of paying it into, you know, doing the same investment that Dick did for us into the lives of others. That's right. And uh, and uh, just one final thing, uh, thought I have, is uh, when you think back, I don't think, I, I can't remember anything that Dick said. I can't remember uh, necessarily, you know, uh, maxims or Stuff he taught me, uh, I'm sure he has added to my scriptural understanding, but who knows exactly how. But what you do remember, what you do do remember is the love. And uh, mm-hmm. we need to remember that that's, that's what what is the most important thing about what we can give uh, to the younger generation. So uh, thanks, Brad. Thanks for this, uh, John. It's been, it's been a pleasure, and and uh, yeah. it's helped me process, uh, you know, just the news of Dick's passing. It's a, a, a yeah. great loss, but I look forward to seeing him again, in, you know, in our Lord's presence. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, love you. Hope to see you sometime soon, and uh, yeah, uh, love to meet your wife, and we'll we'll see what can uh, what can transpire yeah. here. You do get this next, next time you once in a while, next, don't you? Yes, yeah, exactly. And and uh, yeah. next time we're out, we'll we'll definitely get together for a meal. Cool, cool. Okay, all right, Brad. Great. Thank you. Thank again. you, John. God bless. Yeah. Bye now. Bye bye. Well, there you go, folks. That's it. To catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio. That's some great reminders. And illustrations about what one person can do with some love and compassion and caring and listening, all the things that you and I can do too. God bless you.